Our Father in Heaven, we thank you July 23rd. We thank you for today's reading. We ask you to bless it. We ask for your presence to be with us, Lord, to continue to, to anoint us. And Lord, soften our hearts, our minds, that we may hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And Lord, we ask you to bless the body of Jesus Christ. Bless Jerusalem, Israel. Keep them safe. And bless all the newcomers that are coming in to Christianity, Lord, to the body of Jesus, to the parade, to the procession, to the mighty army of God, Lord. We pray for those millions and millions of newcomers that are coming in, Lord. We bless them and we rejoice in their saying yes and amen to the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the two and a half gallons of blood of Jesus Christ, our lot in life. Thank you, righteous Father, heavenly Father. Thank you for this. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 11 to 10 and 19. Solomon moved his wife, Pharaoh's daughter, from the city of David to the new palace he had built for her. He said, My wife must not live in King David's palace, for the ark of the Lord has been there and its holy ground. Then hmm. Solomon presented burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar he had built for him in front of the entry room of the temple. He offered the sacrifice for the Sabbaths, the new moon festivals, and the three annual festivals, the Passover celebration, the festival of harvest, and the festival of shelters, as Moses had commanded. In assigning the priests to their duties, Solomon followed the regulations of his father David. He also assigned the Levites to lead the people in praise and to assist the priests in their daily duties. And he assigned the gatekeepers to their gates by their divisions, following the commands of David, <clears throat> the man of God. Solomon did not deviate in any way from David's commands concerning the priests and Levites and the treasuries. So Solomon made sure that all the work related to the building, the temple of the Lord, was carried out from the day its foundation was laid to the day of its completion. Later, Solomon went to Ezion, Geber, and Elat, ports along the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. Hiram sent him ships commanded by his own officers and manned by experienced crew of sailors. These ships sailed to Ophir with Solomon's men and brought back to Solomon almost 17 tons of gold. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, would you like to read that part? She came, yes. she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She arrived with a large group of attendants and great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had written answers for her, all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba realized how wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on, the, on his tables. 
the organization of his officials, and their splendid cooking clothing. clothing. The cupbearers and their robes and the burnt offering Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country... Good morning, angel. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of your great wisdom. It's far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord, your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne as king to rule for him. Because God loves Israel and desires this kingdom to last forever. He has made you king over them so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Wow. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantity of spices, and precious jewels. Never before had there been spices as fine as those the queen of Sheba gave to the king Solomon, to king Solomon. In addition, the crews of Hiram and Solomon brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king that used the sandalwood to make jewels, no, to make steps for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before had such beautiful things been seen in Judah. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, gifts of greater value than the gifts she had given him. Wow. Then she and her attendants returned to their own land. Each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. Amen. This does not include the additional Amen. revenue he received from merchants and traders. All the kings of Arriba... Arabia. Arabia and the governors of the province also brought gold and silver to Solomon. Mm-hmm. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 7.5 pounds. The king placed their shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne decorated with ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps with a footstool of gold. There were armrests in both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also twelve other lions, one standing on each end of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All the King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold. All were all the utensils, as were the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships manned by the sailors sent by Hiram. Once every three years the ships returned loaded with gold, silvery, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. Kings from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him.
Year after year, everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon had a 4,000 stalls for his horses and chariots, and he had 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. He ruled over the kings from Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valued cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig tree that grows in the foothills of Judah. Solomon horses were imported from Egypt and many other countries. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the records of Nathan the, the prophet and the prophet of Ahiah from Shiloh and also in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. When he died he was buried in the city of David named for his father then his son Rehoboam became the next king. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jehoram, son of Nebat, heard of this, when Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. <clears throat> the leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and all of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the lash, harsh load demand on heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Land will be, will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Come back in three days for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older man who had consulted his father, Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are good to the people and do your best to please them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older man and instead asked the opinion of the young man who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young man replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to them, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of God, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, to the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh, when all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, all of Israel, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. 
So all the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam went to Adoniram, who was in charge of the labor force to restore order. But the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. Okay, let's go ahead and read the, uh, what do you think? Or let me read the um, explanation, the study in Chronicles. Solomon carefully followed God's instruction for building the temple and offering sacrifices. But he had disregard what God said about marrying pagan women. Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter to secure a military alliance from Egypt. Yet he did not let her live in David's palace where the ark of God had once been kept. This suggests that Solomon recognized that his pagan marriage would not please God. Solomon married many other foreign women, despised God's law and warning. These women worshipped false gods and contaminated Israel's beliefs and practices. Eventually, Solomon's pagan wife caused his default. No matter how good or spiritual we are in most areas of life, we cannot compartmentalize our relationship with God. God can affect just a few key areas of our life while being completely absent from others. His word must affect every part. For the person who keeps all of the laws, except one, is guilty of a person who has broken all of God's laws. Resistance to God's influence in one corner of our life is no better than resisting Him in wide open spaces. Hmm. See, sometimes this leans to towards the law, the commentary. Yeah, yeah that's why. I, um, uh, <clears throat> it's amazing. Again, I'm going to go back when we read the book of Kings, and then we get this kind of like repeating Kings again, because there's things we've already heard, like when the king, the king, and brought all the gifts, and she said to him that uh, she had she had not heard half the great wisdom. It's far beyond what I was told and um it's it's to me that's like jesus jesus's wisdom is far beyond what we could ever fathom you know and and, and um another symbol of jesus here it says that because god loves israel and desires that the kingdom to last forever he has made you king over them so you can rule with justice and righteousness that's mm-hmm. our jesus he's a god of justice and a god of righteousness right Amen. And then over here, um, in 12, it says, King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, gifts of greater value than the gifts she had given him. And I love that because it's like our God. No matter how much we think we can give to God, beautiful. God gives us far beyond more than what we could ever give. It, he, it, it's more blessed for him to give us than for us, and for us to receive it than for us to give to him, even if it is the tithe. Um, versus this way where everybody thinks it's more important for you to to get, mm-hmm. you know, than to give. That's good gleaming there, Naomi. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, Lord. Beautiful. Because that is, 
you know, you know, it's more blessed for the Lord to you give mentioned than us. justice and righteousness. What I got, you know, something I'm trying to figure out all the time, and uh, uh, the justice is that there's, you know, there's justice, and He will justify your. The Lord is the judge; He will justify your decision to go into righteousness. Amen. You know, that's that's a justification that you're you're just now. In other words, you're a saint. You're mm-hmm. you're in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, but the justice that Jesus came is, he said, I didn't come to, to judge, I came to save the lost. Mm-hmm. So he came to offer right. offer righteousness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we may be righteous in him. Right. Because on John 16 again, it says that the enemy has already been judged. Amen. And because it's already judged, you want to come, up, come to the justifier, be justified by saying yes and amen, Jesus. Come out of there. Come out because there is right. You won't see Jesus again, so there's righteousness available. You won't see me no more, John, sixteen, because there's righteousness available, and that's where God is. uh, His justice comes into. You know, we're not judged right now, but He's just under. He we're mercifully, He is mercifully waiting for us to get out of that. He condemned the devil. He goes, get out of the way. I'm going to rain sulfur and brims of fiery coals he goes come out you know while there's still time Mm. come into the lord's presence Mm. and once you do you'll be justified just if you have not sinned justified well it's just and it's true that um it says so king solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth we have not seen that in this time, he's still the one with the most wealth. Well, that was God's ultimate uh, dream yeah. of Israel mm-hmm. for all the nations of all, every kindred to come and worship him. Amen. And to be a demonstration like King, uh, King Solomon was, a demonstration mm-hmm. of, uh, of when you do the right things, gold comes to you easily. Silver comes to you. People, yeah. people will serve you from foreign lands. Yeah, there was another scripture that reminded me of Jesus when he was uh, born and how the um, three wise men brought him gifts, right? Uh, Gold, incense, myrrh, whatever. Um, But in here it was saying that she had brought gold, uh, large quantities of gold and precious jewels when she met with Solomon. But in here it talked about spices, um, I thought I underlined it. Amen. Uh, my um, favorite scripture. But that was just like, to me, it was like an example of how... Um, yeah, that was, uh, you're talking about eight. Eight, okay, let me go to eight then. Uh, I, I thought I underlined nine. it. Nine, then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of silver, great quantities of spices and yes. precious jewels. Yes. Never before had there been spices. Yes. As fine of these, so the Queen of Sheba gave him King and Solomon. Right. Um, just my, when Jesus was born. You know, the, the amazing thing, too, is that the, he wrote every answer to her. He had the scribes writer scrolls so they can take mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, the, you it, know the information because mm-hmm. it would have been too much for her to consume. Later on, she can take it back and discuss it with her elders. And they say to this day, 
in Ethiopia down there. There's replicas of the Ark of the Covenant. Right. There's, you know, there's thousands of villages that follow the Ten Commandments, that follow mm. God mm. because of this lady right here. Yeah, you know, it's amazing that um, it says she had written down hard questions. She came with her questions already. And without difficulty, he was able to answer them. Now, that's wisdom. That's wisdom of God. Can you imagine you know. what the questions would be? I don't know. So it's such a, it's amazing. So let's go so, on. Okay, hang on. We got uh, my my life verse right here. Thank oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, Second Chronicles 10, 13, where it says... No, it, it's Second Chronicles 9, 13. 9, 13. Yes. <laughs> where it says, And Fernando received about each year Fernando received oh Solomon I thought I said Fernando oh Re yes Fernando. received about 25 tons of gold each year so there's a verse you know and my father in heaven gave me a dream that he handed me 30 bars Amen. of gold to start with Amen. <laughs> um, you know he, he just if you got a dream he says, come on, man, this, this is playland. Let's go for it. You know, when we were... when we Beautiful. Were, well, before we had gotten married, I had given you that as a gift. The, the plaque? Yeah, the plaque. But the interesting thing about that was that when I saw the man at church who made them, he had little things, and I thought, oh, I wonder if he could make something, you know. So I got his card, and I asked him to make this for you. And it took him a little longer, so I didn't get it at Christmas like I wanted to give it to you. I gave it to you on New Year's. But the interesting thing about that was when he made it, he said that was the best piece of work that he did. Wow. He was It, it was like a glory came over the work. Oh, the presence and, yeah, of God I, I came Yeah, I didn't tell you him. that, but he was like, he, the presence of God must have came in because he said this is one of my best. Wow. And and so he posted. He was starting to develop a website. He was wanted a testimony, and he's got his own business now. But he had his own business then. But I think it prospered him. He's prospered more, but because now they've gone up in price. I was looking for one not too long ago for Anthony in time for their wedding, and he charged by the letter now. The one I bought costed eighty bucks for that beautiful piece, and it is. What does it say? Um. Uh, each year, Solomon received about twenty. Solomon. Yeah, it's it's Solomon received about twenty-five tons of gold. Wow. And then, and um, gold is it's got a different color on it, and it has a little quotation. It was just like it's amazing. It was it was meant for you to have. Okay. And then you had that vision where you said, "I saw you had a gift. A man handed you a piece of wood." Yeah, I saw you on the table talking. You know, I had a dream that you were talking to somebody, and he gave you a piece of uh, something made out of wood right. that had circles in it, like some kind. I thought it was some kind of tool made out of wood because I could see that. Yeah. And it was a writing that I was seeing in my vision. Yeah. Isn't that I interesting? I saw it before you gave it to me. Amen. You know, and I said, hey, he's giving you a gift of some kind of, but the gift was for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I said, just trust it. I told you, I came back to you, and I said, just trust. It's okay. It's all well. Just, just trust God, right? I came back with that. But you saw it in the spirit. But the man gloried over it, the word of God, because he said that he was so excited. This is one of my best, and he really it must have been special. 
Amen. So the the dream I had, I was in, uh, I dreamed I was in the park, sitting in my bench where I like to sit at Lindora Park, and the, the, kind of like the heavens opened up. I didn't see the, the our heavenly Father, but my heavenly Father started handing me over the shoulder. He handed me thirty bars of gold right over the shoulder like this. It was easily from him when I'm sitting down to get it on the shoulder and place the weight because it's twenty seven pounds a piece. And eventually, about the 15th one, they get, start getting really heavy. Mm-hmm. So when that's the way to handle heavy weight, because it's just coming from heaven, from the, the hand of the Father, putting it on your, on your hands and over your shoulder, and then placing them on the bench. Amen. That was my vision, that I, the impression I got in the number 30, 30, 60, okay. 100 full. But it was 30 bars of gold. So that's really interesting. Um, so I'm believing, I receive it, I'll take it, and I'll use it for dreaming big for God's glory, and to have fun in this earth. Amen. To have fun, you know. Amen. You're already a scatterer, and you always uh, plant seeds. Plant seeds. Right? So you're already Amen. doing that. You're not going to have any problems scattering. It also wants us to reap and enjoy. Yes, yes. It's not yes. always, you know. All right, now we're going to read the New Testament. We have an extra reading for today. Okay. <clears throat> you want me to read that? No, I'll start with Romans 8 myself and let's glean first. Let's glean ourselves? Yes. Okay, Romans chapter 8, 9 to 25. Okay. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Amen to that. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by it, it's no. For if you live by its dictations or dictates, you will die. But If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit, which He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Woohoo! In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. For uh, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children 
in glorious freedom from death and decay. Ooh. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us all our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must patiently, we must wait patiently and confidently. Wow, that says it all right there. Did you get it? You yeah. Want to read it in a different translation. Yeah, this is very, very self-explanatory. How about the? Um, well, for me, I, I'm not as sharp, honey. Mm. Let me read the the remaining in Romans five. You said eight, nine to twenty-five. Okay. Romans nine. I always hear that scripture about the earth or the creation is waiting eagerly. It's like a childbirth thing. That everybody, everybody's waiting. Okay, uh, where do I start in Romans nine? Romans nine. 20, uh, 9, 8. 9, 8. Starting at 9. 9, 8. 9, the whole 8, nine. 9. 8. Let me read the whole thing. I don't want to read the whole thing. Where, where Start at 8, verse 9. You're in Romans 9. 8, 9. Yeah, to 25. But you are not ruled by your sinful selves. You are ruled by the Spirit. If that Spirit of God really lives in you, but whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ, your body will always be dead because of sin. But if Christ is in you, then the Spirit gives you life, because Christ made you right with God. God raised Jesus from the death, and if God's Spirit lives in you, He will also give you give life to your bodies that die. Yes, God is the one who raised Christ from the death, from death, and He will raise you to life, through His Spirit living in you. So my brothers and sisters, we must not be ruled by our sinful selves. We must not live the way our sinful selves want. If you use your life to do what your sinful self wants, you will die spiritually. We see that happen a lot. Okay? Uh-huh. Brothers falling away. Mm-hmm. But if you use the Spirit helps to stop doing the wrong things you do with your body, you will have true life, and you do it by saying, I'm the righteous of God Amen. in the midst of your sin Amen. to break his power. The true children of God are those who let God's Spirit lead them. The Spirit that we receive is not a Spirit that makes us slaves again and causes us to fear. The Spirit that, we have, that makes us God's chosen children, and with that Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. And the Spirit Himself speaks to our spirit and makes us sure that we are God's children. Mm. If we are God's children, we will get the blessings of God has for His people. He will give us all that He has given Christ. Hallelujah. But we must suffer like Christ suffered. Then we will be able to share His glory. That's passing the test. That's our suffering, mm-hmm. our cup. Mm-hmm. We have sufferings now. We have cups now, but these are nothing compared to the great glory that will be given to us 
Everything that God made is waiting with excitement for the time when he will show the world who his children are. The whole world wants very much for that to happen. Everything God made was allowed to become like something that cannot fulfill his purpose. That was not his choice, but God made it happen with this hope in view that the creation will be made free from ruin, that everything God made will have the same freedom and glory that belongs to God's children. We know that everything God made has been waiting until now in pain like a woman ready to give birth to a child. Not only the world, but we also have been waiting with pain inside us. We have the spirit of, as the first part of God's promise. So we are waiting for God to finish making us his own children. I mean we are waiting for our bodies to be made free. We were saved to have this hope. If we can see what we are waiting for, that is not really hope. People don't hope for something they really have, mm. already have. But we are hoping for something we don't have yet, and we are waiting for it patiently. Also, the Spirit helps us. We are very weak, but the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. He begged God for us, speaking to him with feelings too deep for words. God already knows our deepest thoughts, and he understands what the Spirit is saying, because the Spirit speaks for his people in the way that agrees with what God wants. Mm. We know that in everything God works for the good of those who love him. Mm. These are the people God chose because that was his plan. God knew them before he made the world, and he decided that they would be like his son. Then Jesus would be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. God planned for them to be like his son. He chose them and made them right with him. And after he made them right, he gave them his glory. Amen. So, what should we say about this? If God is for us, no one can stand against us. Hallelujah. And God is with us. Amen. He even let his own son suffer for us. God gave his son for us, for all of us. So now with Jesus, God will surely give us all things. Amen. Who can accuse the people of people God has chosen? No one. God is the one who makes them right. Who can say that God's people are guilty? No one. Christ Jesus died for us. But that is not all. He was also raised from death, and now he's at God's right side speaking to him for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Can trouble or problems or persecution separate us from his love? No. If we have no food or clothes or face or danger or even death, that will that separate us from his love? No. As the scripture says, for you, we, for you, we are in danger of death all the time. People think we are worth no more than sheep to be killed, Psalms 44, 22. But in all these troubles, we have complete victory through God, who has shown his love for us. Yes, I am sure that nothing can separate us from God's love, not death. Life, angels, or ruling spirits. I'm sure that nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us or nothing below us, nothing in the whole created world will be able to separate us from the love of God has shown us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 9. I am in Christ, and I am telling you the truth. I am not lying. And my conscience ruled by the Holy Spirit agrees that what I say now is true. 
I have great sorrow and always feel much sadness for my own people. They are my brothers and sisters, my early family. I wish I could help them. I would even have a curse on me to cut myself off from Christ if that would help them. They are the people of Israel, God's chosen children. They have the glory of God in the agreements he made between himself and his people. God gave them the law of Moses, the temple worship, and his promises. They are the descendants of our great fathers, and they are the earthly family of the Messiah, who is God over all things. Praise him forever. Amen. To, to what verse? You have you bit you way past. Nine what? Nine twenty five? Nine twenty five. I'm not there yet. You're in chapter nine now. Nine. So I, I realize that it talks about how it says that um, everybody's hoping for their new body and their full rights. Okay, uh, our full rights as adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. It says we're given this hope when we are saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and comfortably. Um, I've heard a lot where people say, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a new body. You know, I'm going to this and that. And they kind of wait to get to, to that point versus the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and the Father want to give life to our mortal bodies now, which it says over here um, in 8... 31. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give us life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So we got God. It says God raised Christ from the dead, and then Jesus will give us life to our mortal bodies by the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us. So all three want our life our bodies to have, our mortal bodies to have life. So we, we don't want to, what I'm saying is we don't want to wait to, we want the Lord to renew our youth like the eagles. You know, as our days go, so shall our strength be. You know, we, we realize it's going to be great when we get there. We'll be forever young and, and all that. But while I'm here on this earth, I want to, I want to walk the earth free of pain, free of sickness, free of disease in this mortal body. And that, you know, that's a great scripture to to hang on to um, when you know the, the the enemy tries to attack us with any kind of infirmity. This is a great for um, spirit. This is a great thing for um, witnessing too, mm. because you say the people that are in the kingdom mm -hmm. and not in the kingdom, the mm. spirit of God living, so they're not His children at all. Right. And we know we're the children of God because the, you know the spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And one of the things that reminds me a lot is when I went to Vietnam, I saw the uh, the, the people that spoke Chinese, Vietnamese, uh -huh. but they had the same spirit I did. Uh -huh. They were all full of, yeah. like, contaminated with a happy disease, but it was Jesus inside them. And I, didn't, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but they were singing songs, and I knew they were Christians. And there's a whole, and we we're all hiding. Because over there in that country, in Vietnam, the government doesn't want you doing this. Can you imagine? They don't want you reading the Bible and singing songs to the Lord. Yeah. Anyway, that was beautiful. So, so that's a great scripture that, you know, needs to be used. Amen. There's so many good scriptures out of here that I can glean. Abba, Father. Yes. And now we have the Spirit yeah. of God. And, and then the Holy Spirit intercessing for intercessing for us. Yes, beautiful. You know, uh, and we that's where we, sh we should speak in tongues when we worship mm -hmm. Him. 
because let let the Holy Spirit, you know, give God a, a, a you know, what what we need. I like the way hope was uh, explained here mm -hmm. on the version, because we have you say when you believe you have it, but if when you believe you have it with faith, as opposed mm -hmm. to hoping something that you don't have yet. Mm. I like the way this one was said because it says when the when the the gift comes it's like a tree of life. In other words, the enthusiasm and the joy of hoping for something like you hope for a car, you hope for your mate, you hope for a house, and then when you get it, you rejoice and yeah. you jump up Glory. and down. I like that kind of hope as opposed to I believe I have the house, I believe I have the house, uh -huh. I believe I have the house, and when the house gets here, oh well. I, you know, I already rejoiced I had the house. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw it a little different from, from that. I, I'd rather go back into hoping uh -huh. and put my little list of hoping items. Yeah. I hope for a LX570. I hope for a pool and, and for parking for avocado trees. Mm -hmm. I hope for a tangerine tree, a lemon tree, an orange tree, a grapefruit tree. I hope for a, a, for an eagle tree. And uh, I hope for dogs and animals. I hope for my parrot to come back. Yeah, my you remember Sammy, my parrot? Wow. Did you? Wow! I hope for my parrot. My parrot was such, you know. My I hope for uh, for uh, to for my fishes. I hope for my turtles. I want my big turtle in the front to come alive. <laughs> I hope to have an airplane, a business. I hope to have friends in Africa, churches. I hope to to help widows and orphans and churches would you know I like this one remember I was talking about this last night before we went to bed this for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children so when I told you yesterday I meant it we are not normal okay we are not normal we are not normal tell me that again what were you telling uh, me I, that was just you were inspired to say that we yeah. are supernatural we are supernaturally people because of the Spirit of God. Yes. I mean, we hardly don't sleep. How much did we sleep? How long did we go? We were with the Spirit of God empowered us. Yes. Yesterday, we yes. were up at 3.30 right. in the morning. Right. And up all day with the kids. We, yeah. we wore out the five, yeah. seven-year-olds. It's like the book of John says. I'm, I'm uh, in the world, but I'm not of, of the world. So I always had this feeling that we are a supernatural being inside. It's like we're here... But the Spirit of God, the, how large and vast He is and huge, that He comes in and He speaks directly to your spirit. And you just know, you know, when He speaks to you, when he, we have, it's a privilege to lay down your head at night and let Him communicate with you through His Spirit. That He's instructing you, guiding you, warning you about a danger to come. He's just, and He's doing that, talking to so, you know, billions of people. And um, just like the people that have gone to heaven and they saw Jesus, he's omnip is it omnipresent everywhere. So our spirits are, we're spirit beings. We are not normal. We are not, we're just what Hollywood wants to make a movie about. Uncle Gandalf, it's 7.58. 7.59. Oh, it could be 8 o'clock, huh? Huh? So we only got two minutes to go GameStop. Well, GameStop doesn't <laughs> open until 11, baby. Don't worry, we're going to take you to a different game yeah. stuff so you yeah. can look around and, and Walmart, see them hopefully. Huh? Walmart has lower prices. Yeah. I know. But Amazon has the most lower prices. <laughs> Amazon? Yeah. 
But when there's calendars for dying, are three dollars. Well, why don't you? Do you have an account with them? I mean, do you? Do you have? We can help you order it if you want. Just give us the money, and they'll de they'll deliver it over here. I know, but we don't really we don't have the dimes. We just have um stickers. We have a lot of them. We got a lot of them already. Yep. How about we take your money and we go give it to the poor down Skid Row? No. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Well, uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. We'll, we'll see what your mom plans. It's a different day. She may want to go to church with us. Your mom may want to go to church with us. And then go out to eat afterwards. Yeah. David may want to go too. Mm -hmm. No, he doesn't sleep. He slept good yesterday, so he should be yeah. all right today. Okay, let's keep going on our study here. Okay, so that was my So we're, we're in Las Vegas visiting the children, visiting Donnie and David today. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not normal. You're not normal. I'm You're not a supernatural normal. person. I'm a supernatural being of light. That God has infused his spirit inside of me. And I can access him anytime. And communicate Amen. with him. It's just a direct hit. It's a direct hit always. Because I belong to him. He's your Abba Father. Yes. And you know, it's that's a privilege. A privilege, it's an honor. child. It's an honor. It's an honor. An honor yeah. to be born again right. and be spirit filled. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, I am from another planet. I'm not you know, from here. I'm <laughs> from that, you know. The most beautiful I'm a citizen is, of the kingdom. Is God says He wants to play with us. He says, Okay, how much more can you dream? If you can dream this big, I'll work with you. Come yeah. on. And He goes, yeah. I'm looking for, for people that dream big and do mm -hmm. great things for me. Amen. You know? I'm just like, oof. In Romans 8, 15 to 17, Paul was adopting to illustrate the believer's new relationship with God in Roman culture. An adopted person gave up the rights of his old family and gained all the rights of a biological child and a new family. He became a full heir to this new father's estate. Likewise, when a person became a Christian, he or she gains all the privileges and responsibilities as a child of God's family. This includes God's glory, but also Christ's suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will be revealed. We have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. What else will this glory include? Our bodies will be released from sin and suffering, and Who we will have that? new bodies. We will be resurrected when glorified bodies like the body of Christ has the one disciple saw and touch. God's Spirit will bring us this complete new body life. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Amen. The Holy Spirit gives us Christians power over sin, power for ministry, and power to live a fulfilled life. Believers are to continually fill with the Holy Spirit, and though they experience conflicts between the flesh and the Spirit, they can please God by yielding to the Spirit's guidance and power. The Holy Spirit enables us Christians to understand God's thoughts and ways. He gives us spiritual gifts to believers to help us grow godly skills. 
The Holy Spirit leads and empowers us to worship and use all the gifts that the Spirit has given us. The Spirit of God guarantees that we believers will receive all the blessings that God has promised us. The Holy Spirit will. The Spirit will help us believers and pray in tongues over our human weaknesses. The goal of the Holy Spirit work is to make us like Christ. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Amen. According to Paul, God gives us his Holy Spirit to all who come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Spirit brings us new life in Christ. He affirms believers' salvation and their identity as children of God. Amen. Okay, let me move on and read Psalms. Praise God for the ways that he has delivered you. Take courage in the strength that he gives you. Psalm 18, 16 to 36. He, the Lord, reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from the powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress. But the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. For I kept the ways of the Lord, I did not turn away from my God to do evil. I have followed all his regulations, I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God, I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right, he has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show yourself integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the wicked, you show yourself hostile. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield to all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? But who, who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on the mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arms to draw a bronze bow, a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. You, your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet. To keep them from slipping. Proverbs 18, 6, 19, 29. Children who mistreat their father and mother, chase away their mother, are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. The word of the Lord. <laughs>